Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode Dirty 30 of Empty Betters. Nice, I like that. (laughs) I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it over to, once again, my quarantined, self-isolated, social distance, and quarantined co-host, Nick Manila. You know, I don't... How's it going, first of all? I don't mind the whole social distancing thing because, I don't know, I feel like, as guys... 85% of what we want to do is just laying on the couch playing video games anyways. Oh, absolutely. Now, granted, it is. I do like having the option of going outside and going places and doing stuff. So I think that's where it really kind of starts to, like, fuck with your head. It it kind of feels like prison at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And, I mean, we're both, you know, I feel like I've gone back in time. I'm quarantined with my parents. You're with your parents. Yep. Uh, So, you know, I went from, you know, domestic bliss with my girlfriend in our apartment. Now she's back in New York and now I'm here. So it it is. And it feels like, you know, it feels like where I was at, like when I was a sophomore in college, because I've I've been applying for jobs. And, you know, back then I was like applying for internships and stuff. So like major deja vu, major deja vu, you know. Yeah, for me, it feels like I'm in seventh grade again. Um, Got those vintage Call of Duty vibes screaming at the television at, you know, two in the morning on a weekday. So hell yeah, a little nostalgia there. Hell yeah, it's the best. Uh, We should do like a, it sucks that you don't have a PS4, but we should do like a... uh, yeah, like a like a like a war zone like EB mashup or like Chell with the EB guys. Like I first person shooters aren't high up on my list. I loved Call of Duty World War Two, obviously Modern Warfare Two. You know, Modern yeah. Warfare Three. Those were awesome. I'm not anything special, but I'm not either. I'm just yeah. a freak when it comes <laughs> to intensity. <laughs> just screaming. But we should do it. We should do a Chell thing. That, that would be, fun. yeah. Will, um, our buddy Will Poling actually texted me with that idea, and I was like, "Oh, I think he's got a PS4. I have an Xbox." So, I think eventually they will get the cross-platform. Because I know for Warzone, a bunch of my friends have been playing uh, yeah. cross-platform. Well, the PS5 comes out, and sorry, I'm going gamer mode. Uh, the PS5 comes out in like, no, like November. <laughs> it comes out uh, like November, I think. So I would imagine that they should be able to. 2020 they should be able to do cross-platform for nhl yeah i would think so i would hope so at least something to i actually created a club in china named the empty betters the unis are pretty damn sweet okay yeah i'll have to send you a picture it would be you know maybe down the road we'll we'll create some form of (laughs) people could buy you know that would be pretty cool i took the uh i took like the silhouette of like the capster jersey with the stars and on the sleeve and yeah. I made it all purple and gold. Hell yeah. That's sweet. Nice. It looks pretty fresh. I'll send it to you. What'd you use as like the crest on the front? It was like one of the generic like EA logos, but it had the hockey stick that kind of looks like the B in our logo. So okay. it kind of looks like it. A little Close bit. Enough. I'll take it. So yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you can't make like custom logos. That would be pretty yeah. sick. I've been barking up that tree for years. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, we are going over our top 10 underrated players in the NHL currently. Um, this is probably going to be the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Contentious. Yeah. For lack of a better word, I think this is the list where Nick and I's list are the most. Yeah. It won't look 
somewhat similar like it has on some of the past ones. Granted, we never tell each other our lists or show them to each other beforehand, like we always say. But for this one, I feel like it's going to be very, very different looking. Like we could have 20 players between me and you. I'm going to. So like the previous list where there's been like 15. I'm going to make a bet. Okay. That's the only thing I know how to do. Sure. Um, Over under that we have two and a half of the same players. I'm going to bet the under. I'm going to take the over at two and a half just because, you know, what would my odds be? I feel like I, I would definitely be plus something. All right. This is a this is a puss move. But now that I'm looking at this three and a half and I'm definitely taking the under three and a half. You're moving the lines on me here. Three and a half. Yeah. The public has spoken. I don't know. Give it three so I can at least get a push. All right. Three. OK, cool. OK, I, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, so before we start this, uh, there was a couple things I wanted to address. Uh, first and foremost, I think we were all saddened by the passing of Colby Cave. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. yeah, that was horrible. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with this, uh, Colby Cave was 25 years old. He was a prospect in the Edmonton Oilers lineup. Uh, he had to have emergency brain surgery uh, and was then placed into a medically induced coma and unfortunately passed away uh earlier this past week um so i you know hockey community of course the best at showing support i reposted that video on our story of cars uh in canada outside his hometown lined up for like 10 plus miles uh just you know pay tribute as uh the funeral procession went by um so it's just you know it's great to see uh everyone in the league reaching out and showing support uh for him and his family uh in a very difficult time yeah, that's extremely sad news, and especially for you know what seemed like a very genuine person based on the amount of love that he received on social media. So um, obviously that's sad. Thoughts and prayers to the families. Um, for sure. 25 years old, and he, the, you know, the poor that's, wife's already a widow. Yeah, that's my age. Yeah. 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 So that's so, um, it's yeah. scary, for sure. Uh, the other thing I wanted to address, uh, you know, completely switching gears here, is I sent you... Uh, that post by NHL discussion about Drew Doughty's comments about I hate him. I, I I've said this since episode two. I can't stand this guy. He's been yeah. one of my least favorite players in the league for a very long time. I just believe that he whines and bitches. And everyone said he was the best defenseman in the NHL for like five years because I, I can't imagine why. He's a good hockey player, but I don't think he's that good. Um, he said, and I'm you know ad libbing this here that. If the NHL was to resume play by going straight to the playoffs, it wouldn't be like winning the Stanley Cup for real. And yeah. my reaction to that is, one, you're nowhere near the playoffs, dude. You have no reason to be weighing in on this. <laughs> so, like, why are like, you know, going back to my first point, why are you trying to take away from a guy, you know, let's say like, you know, uh, the Islanders won the cup this year. Like, why are you going to try and, like, you know, put that asterisk over them? No. And nobody puts an asterisk over the Blackhawks when they won in the shortened year. So why exactly. do that for this? Yeah. Because you would have more of a season even if you picked it up where it left off than you did that year. Right. And to this point, the NHL has played more games. I think that season deserves more of an asterisk than this one does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, it, like, I mean, going back to that, that was over you know, what was that, like a CBA player dispute? You know, like they couldn't agree on stuff. This is a, a global pandemic. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. He's an asshole. I'm not yeah. a huge fan. 
I've never seen a guy, you know, I, I'll rip on Crosby all I want. And Crosby did complain a lot when he was younger, but Drew Doughty by far and away. I've never seen a player bitch at the ref or bitch about, you know, nonsense more than more than he does. He's a loud mouth no yeah. matter what the circumstances are. So um, thanks for giving us your shitty opinion, Drew. <laughs> All right. You want to roll into this top 10? Yes, sir. So let's start with uh, let's start with ten and work our way down. Who do you want to start? Um, I'm thinking of a number in my head between one and two. One. Okay, you start. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would have won any answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start with ten, and we'll do our two honorable mentions at the end. All right. So um, I want to give a disclaimer i think some names that would usually show up on this list have shown up so much already on other people's underrated list that i no longer think that player is underrated so i have said multiple times since day one barkoff is no longer underrated and i don't think nick's back nick backstrom is regarded as underrated at this point in his career now that he's won a cup he's gotten some national recognition you know all of that, I don't... You just needed to do this until you and I weren't in the same room, so I couldn't choke you out, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, in my opinion, like, are they underrated still for their worth? Probably a little bit, but I don't think in the scheme of the media never talking about them. They're, they're Both of them are pretty big names on, you know, fairly somewhat popular teams. The Panthers aren't popular, you know, fan population-wise, but they do get... A decent amount of love for a Florida team on NHL.com. So, sure. Um, that's my disclaimer. Okay. Fair enough. So, starting with number 10, and I put this guy at number 10, and he will probably work his way up as his career goes on, but it has been short lived so far. I have Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes. Good one. Yep. So, he was a rookie this year, uh, led the Coyotes in goal scoring with 22 goals. And on top of that, he had 17 assists to total 39 points in 68 games played this year. Um, yeah, he's kind of gotten hyped up on uh, some other platforms. And, you know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, they have Clayton Keller. They got Kessel in the offseason, right? Oh. They got Schmaltz in the trade. And, you know, there's all these guys that could be the leading goal scorer on the team. But it's the tiny little five foot eight kid out of Massachusetts who basically came out of nowhere. Shootout wizard, too. Yep, exactly. So he is my number 10. Nice. Uh, my number 10 is also an undersized guy. I have Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, nice. So I don't like the Flyers. You don't like the Flyers. But I think it's hard for us to overlook how vital that guy has been for that team this year. Uh, yeah, he's been a beast. So he's your best I, player. Yeah, I definitely think he belongs in anybody's top 10. Yes. Okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for not for my number nine, I'm going to have Matthias Eckholm on nice. the Nashville Predators. Um, I got a very good glance at this guy during the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he was an absolute monster, and I think he was, in my opinion, the forgotten man in that all-famous top four D pairing on the Nashville Predators nice. when they had Subban, Ellis, Yossi, and Eckholm. Eckholm yep. is arguably the most important. He's a penalty kill machine. He can play against any line you put him against. He's big. He's strong. 
and he actually has some decent offensive numbers. Yeah. Um, this season, he had 33 points in 68 games played this year. Not too shabby for a guy who's regarded as a defensive defenseman. For sure. He's one of those guys where, you know, like if you do um, GM mode in Shell 20, uh, and you do like the expansion draft, like you make your own team and do the expansion draft. He's one of the guys that like is never protected, and he's always the first one I pick. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a monster. I mean, it's he is a complete mutant defensively, and he is built for the playoff hockey. So for sure, I I definitely uh, would put him in my top ten. Nice. Uh, my number nine is a guy I watched completely expose my Washington Capitals in person this year. It's Nico Heischer. Mm. Um. So you know, I know there was a lot of. Um, you know, us included, upheaval about his big signing this year. Uh, and I completely changed my mind when I saw him just pick corners and deliver gorgeous passes um, all over the Caps defense, which was atrocious that night, and they lost 5 nothing. Um, he's so skilled, and it's not really like an in-your-face kind of skill. Uh, it's hard to compare him to a player, but he's almost got a little bit of like, if you merged... Patrice Bergeron and Pavel Datsuk. I was going to say, he gives me that Datsuk vibe. Like, he's got the hands, but, like, you know, just, like, you know, consistency of Bergeron. And then, you know, his shot's wicked, too. He's got that, like, two-way game where he's so sneaky where he can take the puck off. You like Datsuk? Yes. It's that yeah. takeaway vibe, right? That's yes. kind of what you get. So For sure yeah. should be a Selkie candidate down the road. Oh, yeah. I definitely think he will be. And obviously, you know, a lot of, lot of hype around his name being a number one pick just a couple of years ago. Yeah, and the big ticket helped. Yeah, doesn't yeah. hurt. My yeah. stimulus check ain't looking like that. I know. Mine hasn't come yet. Has yours? Nah, I think it's tomorrow. The ah, 15th? Nice. Yeah. So, if you filed your taxes, I'm not going to get into that. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, at number eight, I got Jared McCann. Uh, if you thought I wasn't going to put a penguin on this list, you're kind of nuts. But right. I think That's five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, take a drink. Um, I think that McCann is just starting to reach his rise. I think he's going to be a very good player for the Penguins for years to come. Um, he is a more skilled version of Pascal Dupuis, in my opinion. Not the biggest. How? Hear me out. Okay. No, I'm just trying to remember Dupuis without thinking of like a voodoo doll that i wanted to stab in the <laughs> yeah um so he's got way more skill uh not as responsible defensively but what i will say is he's got that not household name but can kind of slide in that top six role pretty easily um and especially if he's been going to be playing with malkin like he was towards most of the year uh, he had 35 points in 66 games, and he was second on the Penguins with four game-winning goals this year. So I think, I mean, that's probably why I think of him so highly. Is I feel like he's got that clutch gene. He seems to score some big goals for us. Um, I think his, I, I think he's going to be a 60-point guy down the road. I really do. Okay. Wow. So I think this year was him kind of starting to break out. I think next year he really breaks out and gets into that 50 to 60-point range, 20 goals. 25 goals or do you think that's a that's a reach for him i think he's like a 22 goal 36 assist guy 58 points okay sure and i and i think that's you know for someone who's not on the first power play those are some pretty damn good numbers sure i think the thing you know that i've seen from him and i've only seen what three games four games yeah three three 
uh, is just the versatility, I think. You know, you touched on it, his ability to play top six, but he could also fit in on, like, a third line. So, yeah. um, you know, you, as you said, you know, probably not as defensively sound, but, you know, I don't think 20 goals is anywhere out of the question for him. No, I, and playing with, you know, either Gino or Sid, I think that's definitely in his wheelhouse. For sure. Uh, my number eight, another Nashville Predators defenseman. I got to go Ryan Ellis. Mm. So I remember watching this guy um, on both Windsor Spitfire Memorial Cup runs, uh, arguably the greatest team in junior hockey. He was one of those guys who got written off a lot in his draft year, mainly because of his size. I think he's like, what, 5'6"? He's, he's tiny. I think he's like 5'9". Okay. He's not three. He's not. A, he's below three digits, five foot. He's okay. like five eight, five nine, something like that. Okay, but yeah, small. Yes, he is teeny. He's got a bomb though. Yes, he's great, got... great skater too. Yeah, he's a top ten slap shot in the league, easy. Yeah. And and he's got a beard, so I mean that's kind of cool. It's a sick beard too. I <laughs> give it to him. There's something about red beards, man. They just sparkle different. Exactly. So you know, I put him on this list much in the same way that you put Eckholm on this list. You know, when you go back to that big four they had you know all the talk was about Subban and Yossi mm-hmm. and they were both puck moving defensemen Yossi's probably a little bit better as like a stay-at-home guy but I think you know at home like you touched on and Ellis like I'm saying I think those guys were more important than the other two were oh yeah just as yeah and I think he's you know everyone's talking about how good Yossi's been this past year I think over the past two years their best Nashville's best defenseman has been Ryan Ellis not so sure about that, but I yeah. will I will say second best. Yossi's a tank. I mean, I yes. honestly I think you could say Yossi is arguably the best defenseman in the NHL if you really, really wanted to. I'm not gonna say that. And it, you know, anyone that thinks he should get a Norris this year is out of their freaking minds, but not Norris, but I, I do think that he is right there with Carlson Hedman Dowdy. So I, I, I think he's definitely Top three, Yossi, that okay. is. Yeah, so. I, I mean, the reason Ellis stood out to me is obviously this, you know, the size is a thing. Just, I think the way he plays, I mean, he plays so much bigger than he is. And I think if he was on another team, I mean, you're, you're talking number one defenseman, you know, easily. If he was on the Canucks, he'd be the number one D guy. For sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, that was your number eight? Yes. So my number seven is going to be Jacob Truba. Okay. Uh, I know his name was big in the offseason uh, with the trade from the Jets that went down. Uh, but I don't think people really realize how good this guy is. So he's a youngster. Um, he's only 23 years old. And he is the leader in time on ice for the Rangers. He is 14th in the NHL in block shots this season. He plays power play and penalty kill minutes, and this year, not his best offensive year. I think this number will definitely go up in the future as the Rangers get better, Uh, but he had 27 points in 70 games played this year. I think, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, that's your your workhorse defenseman for the next however many years he's under contract, and D'Angelo might be your offensive defenseman. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, Truba's got that kind of Yossi vibe, right? Like yes. he can move it. He's a stay at home. He's a good. He's a, got a good shot. He's got good skating ability. Which I feel uh, like now you're not seeing as much of like the old school stay at home shut down D man. Like all these young guys can move the puck. 
Oh yeah, and they're all really good skaters. Yes, uh, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He can get chippy. Yeah. So I respect that. I mean, we talked about this in our uh, division preview. That was such a huge loss, I thought, for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously it was a trade, so they did get something back. But in terms of how wide open their back end was this year, I think that hurt them a lot. I definitely would agree, and uh, I think he deserves a little more love. And I think he'll be, I think he'll be a solid, you know, thirteen to fifteen goal, forty-four to fifty point defenseman in the future. Okay. Sure, somewhere in there. Uh, my number seven is a member of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Kyle Connor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't believe, well, spoiler alert, not on my list, but I wish he was now that you said that. Okay. So, you know, aside from the, uh, bum fuck college he went to, uh, he's like, you know, so talented. Like this, the shot is what stands out to me, but the hands are unbelievable. He's a Michigan grad. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Be curious to see what his college numbers look like. I think Truba was too. Uh, that sounds right. You would know better than me. You're the college hockey guy. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like they had a stacked team. It was Wierenski, Truba, Quinn Hughes. All at the same time? I don't know if it was all at the same time, but this is all within a span of like four years. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a stacked program. Right. And so uh, I put Kyle Connor on this list. As I said, the shot is unbelievable. We've seen some pretty insane highlights. Um, Obviously, some big ones going back two years ago when they were uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely in the Western Conference semis uh, in that great series against the Preds. I'd love to see a rematch of that down the road. But I just, you know, when you're on, you know, everyone, when you talk about the Jets, you're talking about Line A or Wheeler or Shifley, you know, and, you know, provided he's playing Bufflin. So I think he gets overlooked a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs, you know, the goal scoring ranks to the top at some point. Yeah, I could definitely see him being like a top 15 goal getter somewhere in that range. Uh, So my number six. I have Travis Konechny, so that makes okay. for one match. <laughs> There's one match, wow. So, obviously, a big breakout year, 61 points in 66 games played, uh, almost a point-per-game player. It's a, I mean, that's insane for a guy who is considered like a third-line grinder. Yeah. Uh, 24 goals this year. His career high was 24 goals, so had the Flyers finished the season, he probably would have broken that. Um, and he plays in every scenario, penalty kill, power play, even strength, first line, third line, you name it, he's there. Um, he reminds me of a Brad Marchand. Hmm. Because With a little bit, like if Brad Marchand and Marty St. Louis were merged, that's what I see in Travis Konechny. Yeah, he's got that like real gritty type of play, kind of yeah. a piece he's of shit. You know, that flyer's logo and oh, just yeah. like that, what that team means no he, he is a five foot nine piece of shit i mean yes yeah <laughs> i don't actually know if he's five nine he, but he seems he's small not, like he's not as in your face and obnoxious as marshawn but he'll piss you off almost just as much and i think a lot of that is due to one how good he is and two you know like you touched on how gritty he is yeah, and it, it kind of has a similar track record to marshawn i mean marshawn was never supposed to be a superstar he was a first liner no. And yeah. neither was Konechny. No. 
So I kind of see some similarities there. For sure. That's a good point. My number six is Tori Krug of the Boston Bruins. Um, a guy on For their now. back end. What? For now. For now. Good point. Uh, a guy that I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. Uh, Sparty grad, of course. Uh, <laughs> when you talk about defensemen and you talk about the Boston Bruins, I feel like you're either hearing about Z or McAvoy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Krug's like what? He's like four or five years ahead of McAvoy. Yep. Um, I think after Bergeron retires, it wouldn't be crazy to see him get the C. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. I know. So you're saying when Z retires, it'll be Bergeron. And then when Bergeron retires, it'll be Krug. Yeah, I think that's the consensus. Like, I think Z is probably in his last, maybe one more after this. Uh, and then I, by default, you know, it would just go to Bergeron. Yeah. yeah. And then I think after Bergeron's done, which, what do you think? Like four, four more years? Yeah, I'll say four. I think he's 30, he's 35, I think. Okay. So four max. Yeah. Um, then I think it would go to Krug. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, you know, can move the puck, but his defensive side of the game is, I think, what people don't give him enough credit for. You seems to be a trend with smaller guys. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if that's just. I think it's just because they play hard and they don't get enough recognition for it. Size matters, dude. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, depending if he's a Boston Bruin going forward, he is uh, a free agent at the end of this year. So, um, going to be interesting to see who the bidders are going to be. Mm-hmm. I think he's unrestricted for the first time too. I think so, and I think he's going to attract a lot of attention. Oh, there's. No doubt in my mind. I know he was. Uh, he said to the Boston Globe, I believe it was, um, in the last like week or two, uh, that he hope he hopes that he hasn't played his last game as a Bruin. Yeah, so, and I don't think he wants to leave at all. But I think, I mean, you know, depending on where he goes, similar to what I said with Ellis, could be D man one or D man two, could for sure run the power play. Yeah. So. Yeah, he'll 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 get where he'll get whatever he wants wherever he wants to go. Pretty much. Kind of seems like it. Uh, My number five. We are now going into the top five on our lists. Uh, I have David Perron. Nice. So uh, kind of a guy you wouldn't really think of as being like underrated because he's been around so long. And you hear his name because he gets traded so damn much. Seriously. Big time suitcase. Yes. Um, Whether it's Vegas, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Anaheim. St. Louis again, or St. Louis again, or St. Louis again. <laughs> yeah, third stint now. Um, huge part of that cup run that they made last year. This year, very sneaky. 60 points in 71 yeah. games. Yeah. 25 goals. He's been a journeyman his whole life. He's always been looked at as that worst player on the second line, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. He can shuffle between the third and second line, but because of his offensive prowess, I think he's usually looked at as a second liner. Um, and in the last two years, he's been top 15 in power play goals scored. He had nine this year. So I think he's kind of a secret weapon that people don't really talk about, and because he gets traded so much, uh, probably seems to get lost in the shuffle. But when you think of the Blues, name me, name me the four players you think of when I say St. Louis Blues. Bennington. Tarasenko, Petrangelo, and I don't know, Braden Shen. Yeah, exactly. So he never gets his name brought up. And no matter who he plays for, he'll never get his name brought up. No. 
And I hated his guts when he was in Vegas. Like I really I, like I wanted to bash his face in. He's a piece of shit too. Yeah. Uh, I could not have been happier for him to finally get the cup when he was in St. Louis the year after. Especially was, in St. Louis. Exactly. It was amazing how like fast that flipped for me. But I was like, you know what? This guy has worked so hard and been around so much and gets like, you know, no recognition for it. So he's not on my list, but that's definitely one that I wish I put on here now that you've said that. Yeah, I think he totally deserves it. Plays the game hard too. He's kind of a like I said, he kind of got plays that chip chip on his shoulder. Yes. So he's my number five. Nice. My number five, you said he is not on your list, but I have Alex Barkov. Uh, so, you know, we've, you know, gone, I know you hate this, but we've, you know, gone over about how we don't think he's uh, uh, underrated anymore. I think when it comes to a player of his caliber, the reason I put him on the list is because of how skilled this guy actually is. Yeah. Like, would you and if this guy was playing in Toronto, like, uh, I'd be overrated. He'd be on my overrated list. Yeah, like we might not be talking about Nylander or Marner at all. Yeah. So that to me, you know, just he's pretty much carried that Panthers team for like what the past four seasons now. Uh, yeah. Look, I would have him on here, but I feel like EJ Raddick uh, and Elliot Friedman have spanked it enough to their yes. t- to all the times that they've said, "Oh, he's so underrated." It's like yes. we get it. I, I get it, but I think the the talent is what compelled me to put him on this list. Yeah, whatever. You're a bozo just like them. <laughs> <laughs> Way better writer, though. Better editing skills, better looking. 100%. Better cool. hat wear. Better looking than Elliot Friedman? I would hope so. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Got a nicer hat than them, too. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um. All right, so number four, right? Yes. Uh, my number four is Jared Spurgeon. Nice. Uh, of the Minnesota Wild. Probably the least talked about defenseman who consistently puts up, you know, a plus 30 points a year. This year he had 32 points, battled a couple injuries, and the Wild kind of sucked ass. So, um, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had a couple runs where they were looking competitive, and I know that they were still in the race, sort of, but they just. They're like Montreal of the West. Uh, pretty much, and they don't. Re- Even though they were in the race, they didn't score any goals. No, so it's almost putting his talents to no use. But last year, they uh, they were decently competitive, and he had forty three points last year. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the best smooth skating defensemen in the league, and has played a very big role for them as Ryan Suter has you know kind of aged and is slowly starting to take less minutes as he gets older, just because of the miles on the body. Hmm? He's not taking less money. <laughs> no, he's not. And he and he won't for another four years. So, yeah. Um, and Spurgeon has had at least 35 points in the last four seasons. Um, if he played out this year, he was three shy of 35. I think he probably would have gotten him. So, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm just going to say in the last four seasons, he's been a 35-plus point getter on a yep. really shitty wild offense. On a very shitty wild team. You know, they... Yes. Like I said, they do what Montreal does where, you know, both of these teams will be dog shit for like 85% of the season and then out of nowhere will put together like a two week run and somehow be like two points out of like the last wild card spot when the season ends. And they're like, okay, that wasn't bad. We were like two points out uh, and then they don't change anything. And they're kind of built the same too, if you think about it, like. Dubnik and Price, not comparing that Dubnik is even close to Price, but he's had his runs. Bonafide number one goalies. 
some decent pieces on the back end. It's hard to pick out who your number one offensive weapon is, you know, yeah. stuff like one has Weber, one has Suter. You got the older defenseman leading the exactly. way, right? right? You got Mete and you got Spurgeon as the underrated guys. All your forwards are like five foot 10 grinders. It's yeah. just kind of that vibe, you know? Right. And Alex Galchenyuk has now played for both of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Blast from the past. Right. <laughs> All righty. So who's your number four? Number four, I have Connor Hellebuck. I like that. Yeah. So uh, that's a good pick. Uh, I feel like this guy doesn't get talked about enough at all. Like in in terms of like when we talk about best goalie in the league, like who comes to mind? Like top three goalies go. Bennington, Price, Flurry, something like that. Except you didn't put Holpe in there, so it's wrong. Um, Oh shit! Yeah, I am putting him in there. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I would put Hopi above Flurry. Yeah, thank you. Um, you put me on the spot. Like same thing. Like you know, th- top three goalies off the top of my head. You know, you could say Price. You could probably say I don't know, Hopi. You could say Flurry. You could say Bennington. You know, some deranged people would still say Lundqvist. You know, occasionally you hear John Gibson from Anaheim, but I think you know Hellebuck's got to be top three. I think he is. I. Now that you mention it, I think he is. He's the um, he's got the all-time record for most wins in a season by an American, right? He does. He yeah. did that very quietly too. I feel like you know nobody talks about that. No, thanks, Canada. Way to ruin that for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, he's my number three, and I think at one point it wouldn't be crazy to see him win the Vesna. You're number four. Yeah, number four. That's what I meant. One too many drinks. I'm, no, that's my first one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I thought you got warmed up before. No, I, I've been a good boy today. Okay, I, I respect yeah. it. Yeah. On the rocks or just straight up? With I have the the big ice cube mold, so it has like the big uh, whiskey block, you know, full degenerate. So nice, nice Tuesday yeah. fun day. Exactly. Um, my number three. I'm gonna hate saying this one. Jacob Vrana. Nice. I had to put him on there. Um, Tortures the Penguins yeah. all the time. Uh, it, it it sucks watching him play against us. It, I, yeah. Anyways, twenty five goals on the year, twenty seven assists, fifty two points in sixty nine. Nice games played, and he's not even on the first power play unit. So no, he's not. You tell me uh, how good that is. It it's pretty hard to penetrate that first power play unit, giggity. Uh, but, um, you know, any other team like we've said about other players would probably be first power play unit and would probably be outside the circle, just ripping one timers. Yeah. He's got an insane wrist shot. Um, sucks that Ovi's on his team because he'd probably have the best wrist shot on the team. If it weren't for Ovi, uh, would you say he's your fastest player other than Carl Hagelin? It's or maybe faster. I don't know. I would say those two Hagelin. I feel like is, acceleration Vrana is top end speed yeah like once he gets into like third and fourth gear he's good nuts luck. you're not going to catch him his separation speed is unbelievable yeah he's he flies yeah. uh vital part in that two, uh, 2018 cup run that you guys had uh, washington's obviously got some enormous names carlson ovechkin kuznetsov backstrom Holpe. i could keep going but i might kill myself he's- um, <laughs> so a I, going, you know, <laughs> I think Verona gets lost in the shuffle, so I think he deserves some love. Unfortunately, he's getting love from me, so it sucks for you, Jacob. Okay, so 
you know, before I get crucified by Caps fans here, I did not put him on this list, and that's because I don't think he's underrated because I get to see him all the time. Yeah, so, it's it's kind of one of those things. Exactly. Um, so my number three, uh, you already had this guy, but Jaron Spurgeon, you know, I think we've, you know, that's number two, uh, two similarities so far. We've talked about how impactful this guy can be for that Minnesota team. So you said he, he finished what, like 43 points this season? 43 last season, 32 40 this last. season. Okay. So that would be 63 on a competent hockey club. Probably. And he was battling some injuries too. Yes. Kind so of been one of his downfalls. Yeah. I think he's been their best defenseman for years ever since Suter's been on the, you know, I don't want to say decline, but he's gotten a little bit older. Uh, you can so, say decline. Yeah. Decline. Um, so yeah, you touched on it. You nailed it. Spurgeon's number three. Sounds good. Uh, for my number two, kind of going to sound weird saying this cause I don't think after this season, many people would say he's underrated, but I still don't think he gets enough love. And I think the only reason he's getting a lot of love right now is because he plays in a huge market. Okay. Uh, if he was on the Panthers, I don't think he would be getting this much love. I got Mika Zabinajad. Okay, wow. So he wasn't talked about at all before this year, at all. No. Right? And I remember people sort of slamming him, saying he's not ready for that number one center role. You and I both said that. Yep. And then he shoved it up her ass. Mine especially. Uh, so he had a breakout year this season. 41 goals, 34 apples, and 75 points in only 57 games played. That's stellar. Uh, not too shabby. No. Broken. He ha- Every year that he's been in the league, except for the one season that he was injured in Ottawa, he has beaten his previous year point record. So yes. each year he constantly keeps getting better. Two-way forward, plays on the PK, plays on the power play. Uh, he's now officially recognized as a first-line center. Good for, for sure. him, because I definitely didn't give him that credit uh, prior to the year starting. And he's I a sick DJ. Yeah, he is. He actually, if uh, you want to hear some of his music, go listen to the intro song from episode 29. That's one of his. Yes, it was one of the new bangers that dropped during our quarantine. Hmm? That's a great song. Dude, I have had it on repeat for like two weeks. <laughs> I'm a big look. I'm a big EDM fan, and he's you know obviously sweet. Uh, I think he's Swedish. Yep. So Swedes tend to kind of gravitate towards the EDM too. So for sure, uh, just sick hair, sick beard, sick DJ, sick hockey player. I'm gonna be sick from saying the word sick, and yeah, yeah. And it doesn't hurt that he looks exactly like one of our good friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. We need yeah. to put. We should really run that on the so, Instagram. It's so funny how much our friend Jacob looks like this guy. Give him a give him the hair, and it's the exact same. Hundred percent. Like I, I think I'm gonna have to put like a side by side picture of them because it's it's phenomenal. I'm, I'll allow it. We'll run it. We'll run it. Uh, number two, for me, I have Dylan Larkin. Hmm. Yeah. So you yeah. could say you know detroit's best asset in a terrible situation but you know for how talented this guy is i feel like we don't hear about it that much you know his first couple seasons you know he got talked about a lot but i think as the wings kind of fell off people really forget how good this guy is 
insanely fast skater, great shot. And I think his 200 foot game has developed really well, mainly because the wings have been playing defense, uh, what 95% of their games. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Larkin's my number two, another Michigan guy, but that pains me to say it, but, uh, you know, I think he's a superstar that people just completely overlook. I think once the wings get better, he'll get a little more love. However, and this might be a hot take, I don't think he's ever going to be a true number one center on a competitive team. I think he's a number two center guy. Okay, fair enough. I think on the wings, he's a number one center. The Larkin de Lafreniere passing combo is enough to make everyone in Detroit come their pants and everyone outside (laughs) of Detroit shit their pants. Yeah, I think that is actually the perfect description. So uh, hopefully this year the lottery falls in Detroit's favor because they really need it. And they, they're a good market. You know, the, the, I think the league's better when Detroit's good. And Iserman's going to do the rebuild the right way. Yeah, I have zero doubt of that. Yeah. Um, so my like, number... Oh. This is weird for us because we aren't really old enough to remember the Dead Wings. Whereas... Uh, yeah. Like your dad or my dad, like remembers growing up and the wings being complete dog shit. Yeah, no. I mean they they made the playoffs every single year I was alive until like two years ago. Twenty five years in a row or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, older than me. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So my number one, I'm gonna give you a hint and I want you to guess. He is a captain of a team in the Western Conference. Bo Horvat. Good guess, but no. You want me to just say it? No, give me another hint. Central Division. All right, just say it. I give up. (laughs) Got Gabriel Landeskog. Okay. Uh, Definitely think this guy does not get enough love. So he is part of that iconic line that often gets asked if they're the best line in hockey with McKinnon and Rantanen. Uh, Obviously, last year, Rantanen had the monster year before the injury. Um, put up like 90-something points, I think, was in the conversation for potentially being a heart candidate. And then McKinnon had just as big of a year last year and just ran right over the league and did the same exact thing this year. So he's the forgotten one, and people often forget he was the captain of the team. It's not McKinnon. And they gave it to him when he was like 18. He is. So he was the youngest captain in NHL history at the time that he got named captain at 19 years old and 286 days. Wow. So obviously McDavid broke that record by a couple days, but um, he, so now he's second all-time youngest captain, but still a 19-year-old becoming captain. Could uh, you imagine like, being in that locker room and you're like, I don't know, 30 or something competent, and yeah. they're like, Thanks for your, you know, many years here, but we're going to give the seat to this child over here who is not old enough to drink in this country yet. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's like, I don't, I guess it doesn't really register in my mind, but he was 19. Like, where were you at 19? What were you doing at 19 years old? Things that can't be discussed on here, but uh, and, not, yeah, <laughs> yeah not, nothing like being a captain of an NHL team. I was probably eating Honey Nut Cheerios and down in like frozen burritos from giant at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, taking a nap years uh, old. I was a freshman in college dummying natty light and burnets and just like my body was just 
horrible <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy to think that someone who's 19 years old is mature enough to be a captain of an NHL team. It's just nuts. Um, he, right now, this year, he had 21 goals, 44 points in 54 games played this year. Obviously, he was battling it, battling injuries. But last year, when that first line took off, uh, he had a career year with 75 points in 73 games. Plays the penalty kill, plays the net front presence on the power play. Um, 20 goal score every year. He's been healthy. Um, two years that he hasn't scored it 2016 and 2012 was when he was banged up with injury and only had about half the games played for the season. I think he's just greatly overlooked. Uh, I think he's one of the best captains in the league and he's only 24 years old. Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the future is so bright for Colorado. It's crazy. Um, and I think he is, you know, the, 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 on the loud voice in the locker room, but the unsung hero in the media. For sure. That, I think that's a great way to put it. Um, who was the first overall pick when he was drafted? Because I know he was taken third, right? Um, he was taken third. So he, I think he was 2011. And I so want to say... Hopkins was number one? I'm sorry, what did you say? So Nugent Hopkins would have been number one if it was 2011, right? Uh yeah, and actually Landis Cog was number two overall, not number, number three. Who was yes. number? Three? Uh, so first was Nuge, second was Landis Cog, and third was Huberto. Oh, okay, that's right. Yes. So uh, once again, Edmonton, you fucked up the draft. Uh, you could have had Landis Cog. I mean, not that Nuge is a bad player, but I think people would probably, you know, if you had to redraft that top three, it would be. Landis Cog, then Huberto, and then I would say Nuge at three. Yeah, um, completely off topic and random fact, but that was the first draft where the Atlanta Thrashers announced that they would now become the Winnipeg Jets, and they drafted Mark Shifley with their first pick. See, that's a good pick. That's smart. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, Atlanta couldn't do it. It was Winnipeg. No, of course. Uh, so, moving on to my number one. Fuck. Well, get that <laughs> shit-eating grin off your face. <laughs> Number one. Is it a capital? It's Nicholas Backstrom. Shut the f- I will not entertain any discussion that does not have this guy as the most underrated player in the National Hockey League, and here's why. What other elite-level number one center has only been to one All-Star game in his, like, 11-year NHL career? Hmm... Like when you think about it, really think of one. has been to more All Star games than Nick Backstrom. Yeah, I also not to discredit your point because it's a good one, but the the whole fan voting thing I think kind of takes away from it. It definitely does, and I think if it was player voting, I'd like to think that he would have ended up in more. And not that number of All Star games appeared in is any stat that matters at all, but I don't think he gets enough credit in terms of. Uh, you know, everyone knows him for his passing. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit in terms of his leadership, in terms of his 200-foot game, and in terms of his goal-scoring ability. I think that gets overlooked a lot. Everyone looks at him as pass-first, which to a degree he is, but I think you have to factor in his ability to score goals. If you took him and you put him on, uh, let's say, Vancouver, just for, you know, uh, argument's sake, I think he would be a much more you know, shoot first mentality kind of player. I think with the setup they have in DC that caters to his ability to pass the puck, 
And I, I, you know, to this day, I don't think I've seen personally a guy who's able to pass the puck in so many different situations so well. And a guy who is, it's virtually impossible to knock him off the puck. I mean, he is like a tank on his skates. He's a very good player. And that's all you have to say about that. I think uh, I think a lot of people think he's a good player. Look, I'm not disagreeing. I, is he underrated? Yeah, he is. Um, but by the same token, I think his name gets brought up enough. Yes, and I think, I think enough people brought will... up in, you know, in association with Ovechkin. Like you bring up Ovi, and then you think, oh, who's the guy passing him the puck? Then you think of Backstrom. Fuck this! I'm putting Malkin. At, I need to put Malkin on mine. Then. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Not NHL 100. Are you? Is that a joke? That okay? That I disagree with. I will give you that. That like, I disagree with that. Christ, have mercy. And I'll I'll leave him at 100, and that's as high as I'm going. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but that's my one. I think you won the bet because I think we only had two, two, two. So congratulations. I don't know. I'll like. So as my reward, I'm gonna let, gonna let you see you. <laughs> uh, uh, my reward, my reward is, I'm gonna, is I'm gonna let you lead us into the next segment. What? Don't you want to go first so you can take all the good ones? Um, we'll do snake draft, right? Yeah. Okay. You can lead it in and uh, do that whole shabam. All right. So we are moving into our hat trick segment, which this week we are going to talk about um, something that you hardos like us will enjoy: uh, the best hockey sticks of all time. Yeah, so, if you're a, if you're a hardo, this is a good one. So get ready for some pretty heavy user-based bias here, because <laughs> uh, I think both of us are gonna, you know, at least I'm gonna do this a lot on sticks that I've used or sticks that I've really, really wanted. So I can say up front, I've used one, two, three. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven sticks on my list, and I've used four of them. Okay. So um, that's that. Nice. Alrighty, so to get started, I have to go with the red, not the blue, Easton Energy SE16. Yeah. Iginla. Big Iginla. Love that shit. Uh, I had two. Sa- I had an Iginla one and a Forsberg one. Sidekick, the year he retired, was using that. Yep. I mean, phenomenal hockey stick. Yeah. No, it is. Um, Great. That was a popular one. Yeah. I remember, like, in the Penn's Cup run, like, in 09, like, Sakura yep. and like all those guys were using that shit. So um it's a shame Easton doesn't make sticks anymore. It's an absolute shame. And I have a feeling in a weird way they're gonna dominate these lists. So uh probably. So I'm gonna have my Easton S seventeen as number one. Okay. So I had this stick. It was my let's see here. I think it was my thirteenth when I was 13 years old, it was my Christmas gift from my grandpa because I had been nice. talking about it forever. Um, I'm trying to remember the curve. I think it was a socket curve, and I loved it. It was like my fucking child at like 13 yep. years old if it was if I was on like Teen Mom and had a kid. Nice. Um, yeah, a little too much information there. So no, I used this stick. On it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I used this stick religiously. Had it for like, uh, I want to say three years. And then my freshman year at Calvert Hall, we were playing Falston High at Ice World, and I was using it, and I noticed that, like, when I dug into the wall to, like, scoop a puck out of the corner, 
the toe chipped a little bit. And I was like, motherfucker. It sucked. And I tape over the toe to prevent this. So I was really. Like, for those that don't know, like a stick chipping is like, it's kind of like cancer for it. A little bit. Yeah. It's the first crack in the armor where you feel vulnerable. Yes. The same game. I shit you not. I think it was like two shifts after. Was taking a D zone draw because whoever our center was got kicked out. Can't think of his name. And I line up, put it on the backhand, go to like puck drops, and it literally it's like out of a movie. The puck drops, hits the dot, and then bounces up in the air and is like flipping. And it's like both guys go to like get it and they both miss because it bounces off. And like that. Uh, I'm like, fuck. I get to this bench. Split straight down the middle on the backhand, and I'm like, uh, fuck, like, oh, I, I missed that stick dearly. It was, it was a great stick, and they're hard to find. I mean, you can't find them anymore, of course, but no, they're all gone. And that was, that was all she wrote for that one. But what a great stick! It was just yeah. it, that was like the biggest deal in the world for me. Yeah, my um, my number two is gonna be uh, that first uh, vapor stick that Bauer did, the XXX. Yeah. That was like in lime green. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I had that on mine. So like, I mean, you know, just because it's like the XXX, you know, huh, that's cool. Porn. Um, <laughs> uh, but th- I mean, those were great and they were so cool looking too. like early 2000s when those first came out. Like you saw guys in the show using them and they had frosted tips back when that was apparently cool. Now you look at that and you're like, who is this absolute pigeon? you know, that stuck his head in a bucket of bleach. But I, I just remember watching like so many of um, the guys that I looked up to play with that stick. And it was always one that I wanted and never got. That, so, yeah, Malkin, that was Malkin's first stick when he was a rookie. Yep. Um, I know a lot of kids who had that stick growing up. And it was always one that I wanted because it looked cool. I think it was Nike Bauer when they yes. were still doing that. Um but yeah, iconic. Definitely on my list as well. Nice. All right. So my number two, um, my all-time favorite stick. The S17 was my most hyped stick and the okay. one I was most happy to receive. But I had this stick, I think, for like seven seasons. And our good friend Bruce broke it. It was <laughs> it was my Nike Bauer 195 that Supreme. Stick. That was my favorite part of that interview when you were like, you broke my stick. What up? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That thing lasted me forever. I got it on sale. I like played against sports when they were having some like hockey discount thing. I think it was like we got it for like a hundred bucks and it lasted me for no joke. Probably seven seasons. Stick version, you know, got that chrome gray look. All time favorite stick. Yeah. I love Malkin was my boy. Malkin has always been like, I love the way he plays more than anybody. He had that stick. I looked up to him. Then I got the stick, made it through all my travel years, all my capital years. And then, uh, Bruce broke it. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my everyone knows that story now. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a great story. Uh, my third one to round out the hat trick for me is going to have to be, I know you touched on the 17. I was always in love with my Easton S19. Uh, I don't think there's been a stick that was as widely used as that one in like 2008 through 2011. Yep. Like every other guy in the show was using that stick. That's how I don't get how Easton's like out of business. Same. 
but I, you know, just between one, how it looked with like the black, white and the little silver accent, I thought it was the best looking hockey stick I've ever seen. It's just like, it's not anything flashy. It's just so simple. Uh, And then, you know, how it actually performed. I mean, it was phenomenal until it broke and my heart broke. Um, and I broke it. It was my own fault, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, it was just phenomenal. Every kid in junior at that time was using it. So I actually had the S19. I am probably a little biased. I got a Chris Drury curve and I got it on discount probably because it was a Drury curved. That's why. Unplayable. Horrible. Like the worst curve mankind has ever seen. Yeah. So I was never a big fan probably because of that. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. I was lucky. I had it in the Aginla pattern, which arguably is the greatest pattern to ever exist ever. Uh, I'm a Naslin guy. Okay. All about that P92. It's been nice. my baby. It's been my baby yeah. for years. Um, but yeah, that's my last one, the S19. So my last one is going to be um, my favorite stick after playing competitively. Uh, this was like my men's league, you know, uh, college kind of thing. The CCM RBZ2. Is that the red or the white one? It's the all white one. That's a good one. I think it's actually called the RBZ Stage Two, to be correct. Do you still uh, have? Yeah, but it's the the toes like all jammed up. Ugh. Only thing, so that thing was pretty cool because one, it was all white, and I thought that was sick. Two, McDavid used it in junior, and I thought that was cool. Yes. Three, they did this thing where like every stick has always that I've ever used, except for that one, had like the low to mid kick point where the flex was. This one flexed like wherever your bottom hand applied the most pressure. So, like, I've always held my bottom hand. I'm right handed. My right hand's always been a little higher up on the stick than it probably should be. And I've like had Austin people Matthews kind of thing. Like, what? Like Austin Matthews. I don't want to compare myself to him, but no, I'll compare like, myself to him. Placement, I think you can. Yes, sure. Okay. I was going to make a joke and decide not to. <laughs> um,. <laughs> But I've always had mine like a little higher up and I've had people like tell me that. And it was kind of nice because like I guess when you shoot, if you can kind of be in an awkward position and you can still get really good flex on the stick if you're not yes. getting it like on that low mid kick. And it yep. looks sick. I, I'm a big big fan of all white sticks. I think that and the Easton Mako were awesome looking sticks. Yeah, those were great ones. So uh, stage two. That was the one that was like made with Taylor made, right? Like the golf yep. company. Yep. Yeah, that was I the mean, first one. Like, how fucking cool is that? It's it's awesome. So yeah, that's definitely gonna round out my top three. Some nice. honorable mentions. Um, my one of them is gonna be the Eastern Synergy SL. Okay, that's a good one. One that came like you could either get it red or blue at the bottom. Yep. Like vintage two thousand four Ryan Whitney vibes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had the Eastern Stealth RS. Do you remember yes. what, like that came out and everyone it came out in the playoffs when guys in the NHL were using it and everyone was like, what is this black and yellow stick that we're seeing? You can't see any markings or any like logo on it. Uh, and I remember like all of us, like like every day people were Google searching, like, what is this? What is this? And they finally dropped it. I still have one of those. I um, have one. It's not in great shape, uh, but it's got like that matte finish. I love that. Uh, super light great like the way it like tapers at the bottom um do you have any other honorable mentions uh 
Bauer Nexus, the first real edition. Yep. The very okay. first one. I thought that was a great stick. Um, CCM Jept Speed, that's one that's used now. I think it's a great looking one. Yeah. Uh, I have the Nike Bauer Apollo. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I haven't still, thought of that. I still, still have me. one of these, and it's in pristine condition, and it's orange and green. Can I have it? No. <laughs> Going back to your RS, I actually, so the one that we have in my basement um, was game used when Joe Vitale was on the Penguins. Oh, that's pretty cool. Kind of weird because no one knew who the fuck Joe Vitale was until he went in Chicklets. Now yes. he's been on twice, and he seems to be one of the fan favorites. We have an autographed Joe Vitale jersey when he was on the Penguins, as well as a game used stick. Wow. One of our one of me and my dad's uh, favorite guys of all time, just because he started a riot when he laid out Danny Breer in the 2012 regular season. Yep, I remember that. So, all-time moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, did you have any honorable mentions? I think we forgot to do this going back to our top 10. Of Kenny Malkin? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't really have any honorable mentions. I was just kind of like thinking to myself, like, you know, is there anyone who I feel like should be on here that isn't? I think Anthony Shirelli on the Lightning is a yep. name that comes to mind. So I had like a list of like 15 and then I had to like cut it down. Um, so I have two honorable mentions. He was on my list. Uh, he's not one of my honorable mentions, but I did mention one of them earlier. Bo Horvat, uh, mm-hmm. captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I wouldn't say he's their best player, but he's probably their, you know, third steady Eddie number one center, um, that kind of guy. And then Jesper Brad from the New Jersey devils. That's a good one. He he's is sick. So- He's so sick. His hands are fucking nasty. His training videos on Pavel Barber's Instagram are like... They're unbelievable. He's just got the quickest feet and the quickest hands. It's like hard to watch because one, it's amazing. Two, it makes me feel like a sack of shit. And three, I'm like, wow, I'm like kind of aroused by this. I I really don't know what to do with myself now. (laughs) Be like, should I? Shouldn't I? (laughs) Should I not? You know. Uh, That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. So that kind of rounds up you know, everything on our end for this episode. Kind of wild. It's been 30 episodes. It has. It has been pretty wild. And this is what, number four remotely, I think? Yeah. Um, somehow I've adapted and not been a caveman. So shout out to you for being the tech crew and showing me how to do this. We make it work. I mean, I think it's good that we kind of had that practice with these, you know, USB plug-in mics for the first however many 12 11 episodes it was before we got the the big boy equipment so i think that you know is good because we're somewhat familiar with how to use it going forward yeah absolutely um yeah i just want to say one thank you to everybody for you know listening to us for 30 straight episodes that's actually kind of wild yeah second off thank you to you nick for doing this with me for 30 straight episodes it's been a pleasure it's been a blast. The dirty we've actually dirty. we've actually stuck to something for thirty weeks. Yeah, that's uh, more than that if you think about it, because I know we've skipped a couple episodes due to holidays and travel and yeah. uh, you know things and stuff. But um, yeah, this has been yeah. a blast, and you know, I you know it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm here's to the next thirty. Absolutely, and you know we're just. We're praying as hard as anybody else out there that we can get hockey back because we have so many cool ideas that we want to launch and we're planning on launching um, and once the 
stupid pandemic came and just said, hey, here's some guys that I can fuck up their day. Yeah, like, of course, the first season we start a podcast, we have a global pandemic that shuts down the entire world and we can't do anything. Yep. 100%. So, you know, we're, we're hoping just as hard as you guys. And should the playoffs come, you know, obviously we'll be on that, you know, ASAP. And we have some ideas that we'll launch. Um, and all the series previews will come out. I'm getting myself excited, and I really shouldn't because it's not going to happen. And it's it makes me sad. Yeah. So, you know what? It is what it is. We'll be back next year. Maybe we'll do something cool for the draft. I don't know. For sure. If anyone, uh, if any listeners have any uh, funny ideas or stuff that you would want to see us make merchandise out of, please shoot that into our Instagram. Uh, I'm bored. Give me something yeah. to define. <laughs> yeah. Um, as always, you know, check out our store link in the Instagram bio to teespring.com. You can actually get the hat that Nick is wearing right now. Um, it's available in snapback trucker and, uh, dad hat, I believe. Yep. So all three styles there. It's a good looking hat. People will ask you what it is and you can look at them like it, you know, like they're an idiot and say, ha, you wish you knew and then walk away. There you go. Do exactly (laughs) what he said. Yeah, no, 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 but please tell them about it. <laughs> we need more viewers, thanks. Um, all righty, guys, so that'll kind of wrap it up uh, for us this week. We will get back with you next week, and without further ado, class dismissed. Anyway.